will the president veto that, which would be the first veto of his presidency? Well, obviously, the president is going to protect his national emergency declaration, Chris. There's no threat. So, yes, he will veto? There, he's going to protect his national emergency declaration, guaranteed. That's uh, Stephen Miller. What is he exactly? He's a he, special advisor. He's a very forceful gentleman. I watched him on Fox News Sunday uh, standing up for the president's uh, national emergency declaration. Uh, I, I agree with what a lot of Stephen Miller says. I just I would hate to have conversations with him. Everything, he's coming at you with wide eyes. Oh, yeah? He's fired up. <laughs> he's fired up and ready to protect America, Jack. <laughs> Linda Kenyon joins us. Linda's a Westwood One news correspondent covering uh, Congress in the White House these days. Uh, Linda, welcome. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Happy to be here. Oh, it's our pleasure. Happy President's Day. Oh, and same to you. I Thank you. So you you're you're yeah. working, too. Hmm. And you're away from family and friends on this cherished day. <laughs> yeah, us, too. So, anyway, no listen. For the weary. The uh, declaration of the national emergency is slightly uh, controversial from what we've heard and reaction on both sides of the aisle. Uh, why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, it is controversial for a number of reasons, not the least of which is it sets up a huge constitutional showdown because uh, it brings into the question uh, the question the uh, issue of separation of powers and uh, co-equal branches of government. See, Congress said no to the president for his border wall. They said, we're going to give you a certain amount of money and that's it, and you can use it for anything but a border wall. You can use it for border barriers. You can use it for technology. You can use it for extra personnel and extra immigration judges, but you can't use it for a border wall. And the president was pretty upset about that. So he decided that he was going to declare a national emergency and go ahead and get that wall built anyway. And so now we have this issue where uh, can a president do that? Is it in fact a national emergency, which the court will require the administration prove? Hey, with, and, with all uh, due respect, we're completely up to speed and so are all our listeners on the layout of have things where we got on Friday. How about since then reactions to the declaration of the emergency? Well, since then, there's been a lot of pushback from Congress because, again, they don't think, uh, some of members of Congress don't think it's an actual emergency. And others say, you're making an end run around Congress and you can't do this. Uh, you can't, you know, well, keep in mind that future presidents will try and do the same thing if they happen to be unhappy with Cong- what Congress said and we're co-equal branches of government. You yeah, what was, what was interesting to me is I saw every bit as many Republicans that were troubled by this as we're okay with, which was really interesting. We appreciate the report. Indeed, Linda Kenyon of Westwood One News. Uh, so here's the deal. Number one, nobody's nobody's talking about a wall. Nobody's talking about a 30-foot wall anymore. It's just, it's, okay, all right, that's enough. Um, so I, looked, I saw the, this layout. Here's a couple of things. Here's a couple of nuggets for you. You want facts? Or do you just want to just want to talk in speculation. Um, border barriers. <laughs> who, who are you lecturing? I don't know. Yes, I'm taking that Stephen Miller tone. Good. We're just like really it. aggressive, no matter. I what like you're that doing. look for you. Go ahead. <laughs> it's working. Uh, border barrier built. Now, uh, Clinton built 20 miles of call it fence. Call it, if it stops something from getting into your yard, you can call it a wall if you want. You that can call it a fence. You argument call it is over. You would think it's but been over. It doesn't not, exist. It's, it's, it's being in your mind, but it, it's, it's it's fake. It's being used by people still to try well, to make a point. And I will combat it. 
With all well, the weapons I, 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 I hold in hand. I think you're right. Well, in but, Congress, it's, it's over. It's just a polit- It's a bull-esque political tool. So Clinton built 20 repeated miles. Repeated recently on our air, to my uh, dissatisfaction. Clinton built 20 miles. George Big black mark, by the way. Sorry, I'm, <laughs> I'm really feisty. I'm sorry. I'm just, I don't know. I, as soon I, as I, Joe calms down, I'll get back to my statistics. Sorry. All right, go True ahead. facts. Go Anger ahead. on President's Day. Yeah, no. angry on President's Day. Jeez, like being angry on Christmas. <laughs> I, I have problems. Man, if you go to bed on Christmas night, you think I was mad all day long. Yes. That's not good. No, it's unhealthy. You're doing the same thing on President's Day, our second most cherished. (laughs) I need help. So Clinton built 20 miles a wall. Bush built 288 miles a wall. Obama built 159 miles of wall. Walls are immoral. Build bridges, not walls. And according to Fox, by the way, they're looking at it. Trump has built zero miles of wall. Um, And there's some dispute over that. Uh, they've they've upped the up. They've 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 made some fencing bigger. So does it turn from a fence to a wall? And then a beautiful I don't example know. of why fact checking is stupid because you would have to spend so much time vetting each individual fact check. If you have a bedraggled, ineffective, like urban uh, middle school level uh, chain link fence somewhere. And it causes the illegal immigrants to stoop slightly as they walk into the country. And then it's repaired and made hardy and robust and tall and impassable. No, that is not building any more fence, per se. That's repairing. So if a fact check told you he didn't build any, is that true? So I'm, no. work, I'm working toward my both up with and down with democracy. Uh, you got a couple examples, I think, in the last okay. several days. Super. Certainly, the immigration debate has been for decades a democracy doesn't work sort of argument because mm-hmm. the vast majority of people want the border secure, don't like illegal immigration, yet nothing happens about it. Um, but you got so, so you got all these numbers of walls. What's that add up to? About 200, 360 miles of wall right there between the last three presidents. Um, so to have. Various people in the opposition party saying walls are immoral and not one one dollar for walls and uh, you know we're going to tear down. What what are you talking about? That's an I mean, idiot all, argument for idiot voters. You all signed off for, on these in the past, and although and, Beto O'Rourke is actually calling for tearing down the walls we already have, the fences we already have, dude is a nut. Anyway, so that's a down with democracy argument, and that people just making crap up. That all of a sudden walls are immoral. When you'd voted for him in the past, that's really frustrating. And it seems to be working from a political standpoint. The up with democracy part, I think all the way around the, the declared national emergency. Um, uh, was it last week or the week before Congress voted to end some of our funding for Saudi Arabia to try to stop them participating in a war? So finally finding their their gonads on <laughs> on here they are. On presidents getting to be engaged in wars anywhere in the world without them having any say, because that's not the way it's supposed to work constitutionally. They're always mm-hmm. in the last place you look. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so finally, Congress seems to be reasserting its power, which is one of the things I was hoping would come out of the tr- Trump presidency. Congress reasserting its power in a number of places where they're supposed to be in charge. Right. And we're supposed to be for all this time. Well, that will lead to gridlock. Boy, that's one of the, the most bass-ackwards arguments of the modern day is uh, the argument about if they're gridlocked, the government is supposed to be limited in what they do, what they can do. 
They thought it'd be more limited, more gridlock, less government action, please. Less solving of our problems, less managing the of the economy, please. Fewer foreign entanglements, please. Yeah. Anyway. Yay, gridlock. <laughs> All right, more on so. that to come. Plus, fascinating presidential trivia. The Jussie Smollett story. Oh, wow. Which we called a couple of weeks ago. Wow, I just realized the his main, name is Jussie. Uh, I've been the, reading it as Jesse for some reason. My eyes just glancing over the fact that it's Jussie. The <laughs> mainstream media finally coming around to the truth on that, although the most liberal of media, including... Uh, nakedly progressive radio NPR uh, is still pretending this this can't be. It is not. We're we're afraid to even report the facts. This is too. Ter- hey, dum dums. It's a hoax. It's clearly been a. It's a hoax. More on that. And it's President's Day, so Joe's got trivia coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, out here go. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of, of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. For $5,000, you can hunt Bigfoot with Jose Canseco. The people managing the operation made it clear, only serious inquiries, please. Okay? Don't call asking to hunt Bigfoot with Jose Canseco if you're going to treat it like some kind of joke. Okay, if you're going to do that, you can just take your business over to Pete Rose's Chupacabra Safari. <laughs> I meant to bring that up last week. Somebody in the newsroom said... I, I missed that. Somebody in the newsroom said, have you seen this headline? $5,000 to hunt Bigfoot with Jose Canseco. Wait a minute, only five, Gur? Former steroid baseball star. Sure. Like Start another GoFundMe. Reality show, something or other. That punchline Desperate is... Desperate for cash, American. That's a funny punchline. <laughs> Chupacabra Safari. (laughs) Beautiful. Welcome to the show. I got to mention this. I'll get into the details later. An alert texter sent this on our text line, 415-295-KFTC. Jonathan Turley, who's a legal guy who's on a lot of the different cable news shows, sometimes Fox, sometimes CNN or whatever, Mm -hmm. he wrote for The Hill, he thinks the president will prevail in this argument about uh, declaring an emergency and that Congress has frittered away its control over years. He's bothered by it. He huh. doesn't think it's an emergency, but he does think the president will win, legally speaking. Thanks for the tip, my friend. Yeah, we'll look into that. Uh, that's that's the first good, solid one I've heard. I'll read the but, legal uh, argument by Jonathan Turley for that. Yeah. Mostly, it's just it's very broad, mm-hmm. and the Supreme Court's probably not going to get into deciding what he can and can't declare a national emergency. Often the courts will. We're going to talk about it later, yeah. right? I'll, yeah. I'll shut my yap. Like a little presidential trivia. Wouldn't that be fun on President's Day? This is the song Hail to the Chief. We mentioned earlier. Here comes Joe with the lyrics. Hail to the chief. He's the chief. And so we hail him. He's president. And you're not. So let's hail the guy. Oh, shit. And, and it goes on for quite some time. But There are many stanzas. There are, there are like five stanzas. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Uh, we mentioned earlier George Washington elected unanimously, the only time it's ever happened. Yeah. The presidential election of 1800 between John Adams and Thomas Jefferson 
was what bitter. By the way, we went yeah. from unanimous to incredibly bitter that's, in one election. Yeah, that, that well, yeah, that's what's really interesting is the first competitive election we had was every bit as contentious and dirty and full of lies and misinformation as the most recent election we had. Mm-hmm. It it got that way really quick. Human beings, human nature doesn't change. And two of our founding fathers, right, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson, who you know. Right. So uh, the two of them, uh, one of the only two elections that resulted in the House of Representatives deciding who would be the president. It was also the only time where there was a tie for president in the Electoral College. Uh, Although it wasn't a tie, the House of Representatives also decided the presidential election in 1824 between John Quincy Adams, son of John Adams, of course, and Andrew Jackson, when no candidate reached the required majority of electoral votes. Wow, so uh, old man Adams and his son both lost that way. Yeah, isn't both that something? Our first two one-termers. Yeah, yeah. I'd, uh, I'd quit trying if I were an Adams. Wow, that is a fun fact. Thank you, Michael. Fun, oh, fun. It's got fun written all over it. Yeah. Uh, that's actually not trivia. I called it trivia. I don't think it's trivial. It's history. Is history trivial to you? Huh? I don't know who I'm asking. So the Jussie Smollett case, he's the actor from the show Empire. It's funny, I... I've never seen Empire, and I'd never heard his name before this came up. I was, uh, I, I had a lot of social interactions this weekend, which is odd for me, but uh, about half the people were completely into the, the story, and half the people had no idea what I was talking about. Such is the modern news cycle. Yeah. But so anyway, this is uh, an actor from a big-time show on Fox TV. He's a, a black fella. He's a, an openly gay fella. He's a singer. He's an actor. And the story was several weeks ago that walking the streets of Chicago 2 a.m., he was beaten down by a couple of white guys. They were wearing ski masks, but he was pretty sure they were white, who uh, dropped uh, many N-bombs on him and some anti-gay slurs. And most importantly. What? Well, they beat the hell out of him, put a noose around his neck, poured bleach on him. For some reason. But the reason it makes the news. Wearing their MAGA hats, shouting, (laughs) get out of here, this is MAGA country. See, Trump caused this to happen. Yes! And it was immediately submitted to us, specifically me, Joe Getty, the the chief justice of the Supreme Court for is it real racism or a social justice warrior faking up an incident. Um, and, uh, and, And we gave all due respect to the gravity of the accusation. But it was uh, too perfect and pretty clearly a hoax. Well, now everybody's clear that it's a hoax. Including the police. Yeah, yeah. ABC is reporting it's a hoax. Uh, CBS, I was seeing, reporting on reports that it's a hoax. Um, The police are communicating with the local ABC affiliate, especially in Chicago, and saying, yeah, we're uh, we're looking at prosecuting the guy for a hoax. (laughs) Happened to hear Nakedly Progressive Radio this morning. And on NPR, they're saying... Is that what you call NPR? I don't think that's what it stands for. Nakedly Progressive Radio? Well, I'm petitioning for a name change. you misheard that. Well, uh, so they're reporting it this morning. It was it was uh, both hilarious and so, so incredibly nakedly what it is. The Jussie Smollett case getting more and more mysterious and confusing. Is it mysterious? Now the police have released the two... Uh, what are they? I'm sorry, Nigerian. Yeah, yeah. The two Nigerian Nigerian bodybuilders, right? Men who had initially been brought in as suspects and 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 are saying they're cooperating, and they've asked to speak with Mister Smollett again, and it's not clear what's happening. It's not in this case. 
and and just see Smollett's people have strenuously denied that this was any sort of a hoax or anything, and they've denied the unconfirmed, the tote, and honest to God, the uh, the gal uh, anchor said the the unconfirmed, the completely unconfirmed reports that Mr. Smollett may have been involved in the attack himself. How many times has Nakedly Progressive Radio reported a, a, a leak from a source close to a sort in the white, source in the White House over and over again? Practically every day of the week they report this stuff, but in this, for reasons of ideology and and uh, narrative, they are just they are just pretending to be so completely. We're confused. We're troubled. We we don't understand this at all. Three words, NPR. It's a hoax this sort of thing happens a lot and it's incredibly troubling and stupid but because of the sort of uh, social justice warriors who do this sort of thing all the time they never listen or they only listen to npr they don't realize we're hip to it what's coming up in your news marshall phillips alan mccabe 60 minutes interview fallout continues building facebook called a digital gangsta by lawmakers and another sign of brick and mortar going away coming up so listen, this Smollett guy, he's got the record coming out, he's got a show going, he's a social justice warrior, and he decided to up his his uh, Q factor, up his status. Friend of Kamala Harris, a supporter of her anti-lynching bill. Anti-lynching, do we need one of those? And so he staged a hoax, simple as that. Yeah, this McCabe stuff from 60 Minutes is pretty darned interesting. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Mars mission. Funny people. I may have been born for this moment. Mm. To make jokes about anything. Willing to make jokes about anything. That's what they need for the Mars mission. That's coming up on the news. Well, I'm off to make... Uh, I'm off to head to Mars, honey. I'll be back uh, never. Among other things we've got... Hey, b- by the way, on the Jussie Smollett, which again, I'd never heard that name before in my life. Uh, I think that has something to do with why he did what he did. Now he's famous. Yeah, now I know he's a lying idiot who's, who's mentally ill. Right. Um, Close friend to Kamala Harris. He paid these Nigerian bodybuilders $4,000 to stage the assault. They even rehearsed it beforehand. Yeah. They had a rehearsal, which is hilarious. Well, and they've completely spilled their guts. The cops know. In fact, I think they have video of them, or they have proof of them buying the rope and buying the bleach and buying the red hats. They couldn't find MAGA hats, so they just bought red hats. And ultimately this, which is why you numbnuts shouldn't do it. The next time I hear a story about somebody with some Trump gear attacking somebody, I will immediately think, as I already did because this happens all the time, but I will immediately think this is fake. You think you've done any good in the world? Even if you've gotten away with it's just it's, They've done enormous damage. Uh, so oh, many people yeah. I talked to want this guy jailed. He's trying to whip up racial hatred in America. That's not cool. Oh my God! That should be. And again, you've given cover to real racists, you idiot. Should be a severe penalty. You'd think. Let's get the news now, Marshall Phillips. Well, former FBI uh, Deputy Director Andrew McCabe said in a 60 Minutes interview aired last night that a quote crime may have been committed when President Trump fired FBI Director James Comey in May of 2017. McCabe said that in the days after Comey was fired, he and former Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein 
were talking about the situation and Rosenstein made an offer. The deputy attorney general offered to wear a wire into the White House. He said, I never get searched when I go into the White House. I could easily wear a recording device. They wouldn't know it was there. Now, he was not joking. He was absolutely serious. And in fact, he brought it up in the next meeting we had. I never actually considered taking him up on the offer. 60 Minutes, Scott uh, Pelley following up on wearing the wire statement. The point of Rosenstein wearing the wire into a meeting with the president was what? What did he hope to obtain? I can't characterize what Rod was thinking or what he was hoping at that moment. But the reason you would have someone wear a concealed recording device would be to collect evidence. And in this case, what was the true nature of the president's motivation in calling for the firing of Jim Comey? So there's no way of knowing. So on that one, Rosenstein says he was joking, right? Yeah. On the yeah. 25th Amendment, he just denies that he ever said it. Right. On the wire, wearing a wire thing, he said he was joking. You'd have to be in the room to know whether it was or not. It's, there, there was stuff during that interview that I, that I thought, that sounds completely believable. I'll bet Trump said that. Stuff that I thought, I have no idea who's telling the truth, and, I, and stuff that I thought, McCabe's a liar. I just think he's he just hates the president, especially now that the president said some mean things about his wife. He hates the president and is willing to do anything to bring him down. you got a couple more factors. He has an enormous financial incentive to portray himself as unjustifiably fired, because then he could get his pension. Um, also, and I don't believe this, but it's worth considering, um, it's possible Rosenstein did say the stuff about the 25th Amendment, knowing full well that um, what's what? there's an old saying about um, th- that if you win, it's not treason. It's only people who lose these gambles that are called treasonous. So he uh, floated the idea. They talked about it a little bit. He realized, no, that's not going to happen. So he's in deny, deny, deny mode. Uh, Rosenstein. He should be in denial mode because it was an attempted coup if he actually did that. I agree. Uh, Like I said, I don't think think that happened, but it would explain it. Um, As far as the wire thing, you don't have any idea the tone. So, Mr. Armstrong said he was hungry enough to eat a horse. (laughs) Did you you believe that? Oh, yeah, he wasn't joking. Was there a horse handy? You believed he was going to kill, I guess, a horse and then eat the entire thing. He was that hungry. That's I mean, what it, he said to me. Yes, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. You know, you'd have to know the tone of his voice. And also, oh, you want me to wear a wire and go question the president? I could wear a wire. They never search me, he, and everybody just kind of chuckles. He offered to wear a wire. He pointed out that no one would search him. It's all right. in the tone, right? Um, also, how does Scott Belly sc- Belly? How does Scott <laughs> Pelly not push back with this true fact? That Alan Dershowitz, once again, of Harvard Law, points out regularly, the president can fire the FBI director for any reason. So it can't be obstruction of justice. No, that would lower the drama. That you can't is, point that out in the midst of a dramatic CBS interview. That's Dershowitz's point of view and a lot right. of lawyers' point of view that since constitutionally the president could hire Comey because he doesn't like his haircut if he wants to. So how do you not at least mention that to McCabe and let him back up his argument? The 60 Minutes interview managed to light up the president who tweeted this morning, quote, Wow, so many lies by now disgraced acting FBI director Andrew McCabe. He was fired for lying and now his story gets even more deranged. He and Rod Rosenstein, who was hired by Jeff Sessions, another beauty, 
looked like they were planning a very illegal act and got caught. There's a lot of explaining to do to the millions of people who just elected a president who they really like and who's done a great job for them with the military, vets, economy, and so much more. Another good follow-up for Scott Pelley, if he wanted to just be a full-on journalist, would have been, if you believe this was happening, why didn't you go through the process of impeachment? Which, this is that's what it's designed right. for. Right. I'd like to hear that answer. And what McCabe said in the interview, prompting Senator Lindsey Graham to tell Face the Nation... He's going to leave the Russia investigation up to Mueller. I can understand that the American people will get an answer to the question from Mr. Mueller. What I can understand is why Mr. McCabe would meet with Page and Strzok to discuss their hatred for President Candidate Trump, talking about taking an insurance policy out in case the election went different than they want. So Mueller will tell us about what Trump did or didn't do. I'm going to tell the country about McCabe and the people at the Department of Justice and how they behaved. Did they take the law in their own hands? That's going to be exciting. Yep. It's going to be exciting. Lindsey Graham gearing up. One last note. British lawmakers say Facebook has behaved like digital gangsters by intentionally violating data privacy laws in their country. Boy, digital gangsters has got to be my new rap there group, right? Be like Wu-Tang Clan. We got like six, seven, eight guys up there <laughs> rapping and hyping and the rest of it. In a scathing report, they put out a parliamentary uh, committee calls for tougher rules for social media companies, including a mandatory code of ethics that needs to be put in place immediately. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Needed for the first human Mars mission. People who are funny. Among other things we've got coming up on the news. Can do. Um, we need to do more presidential trivia, too. Oh, yeah. I'm afraid you're, you're not taking President's Day seriously. <laughs> um, and a legal argument for the president declaring a national emergency. So some people think he can do it. There you go. I'd like to hear that from Turley. I respect him. I'm sure he'd be glad to hear that. I'll tell you what, that's a big deal, figuring out whether or not the the acting attorney general was planning to, re, to try to remove the president. And is he now lying and saying he didn't? Well, if I had, I'd lie. <laughs> no? That is something. I, wonder I think you pull something like that, you got one choice. Lie. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Latest on the Mars mission in just a second. My kids are fascinated by the idea that people are willing to go to Mars and die on the planet. Sounds horrifying to them. That in a moment. Yeah, I get that. But first, presidential trivia on this President's Day. It's President's Day. It's, you know, it's not trivia. It's uh, important presidential knowledge. I'm dressed as... Nobody? Chester A. Arthur. Oh, Chester A. Polk looks completely different. Than Chester A. Arthur. I was going to say Garfield. Not the cat, the president. I was about to say everybody knows this, but I didn't know it until I knew it. 
John Adams and Thomas Jefferson both died on the 50th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence, 1826. They both died on the 4th of July. Not knowing that Thomas Jefferson had already passed, John Adams was quoted as saying, Jefferson survives when he whispered his last words. That was so inaccurate to the end. Fake news, John Adams! Well, I'm not Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> he was a pussy. Oh, hey, 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 hey. Hey. That's one of your Charlie Sheen. He's on drugs, kids. Don't talk like Charlie Sheen. That's one of your interesting things that you you see in lots lots of different situations where, when you're you're at the end, you can hang on for a certain thing, and then you go. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, the will to survive. Sure. They, they both were. If you've ever read Adam's biography by McCullough, they both were like super into making it to the anniversary of the the Declaration of Independence. And and writing each other letters, and then they had become national celebrities as ancient founding fathers at that mm-hmm. point. And, yeah, and uh, they really wanted to make it to that day, and they both That's expired. Funny. That's funny. I read the McCullough book, loved it, but all I remember from it was that John Adams had really bad teeth. I didn't remember it. <laughs> the only thing you took away didn't remember that part because <laughs> that would be a better part to remember. Mm-hmm. Frankly, how about this? Franklin Pierce gave a thirty three hundred nineteen word inaugural uh, inaugural address from memory without the aid of notes. Good for him. He has a better memory than most people. How about old Pierce? And finally, James Madison. Little Jemmy Madison, they called him. Shortest and lightest president. 5'4", 100 pounds. Can you imagine oh. having... So that means on uh, on some days he was 99. Can you yeah. imagine having a 99-pound president? Right. That is a... Well, granted, the people of that era were, were skinny. Trump could sit on standards. him and make him eat the shredded Constitution. Of course, by the <laughs> standards of today, people of the 50s were skinny. But, uh, yeah, 5'4", 100 pounds as a male, that's a tiny little fella. Oh, yeah, that's... Father of the Constitution, by the way. You talk about various things that exclude you from being president, and, and some people think that we're still sexist and all this. I, I don't think so. I think you could be president if you're black, Hispanic, woman. You'd be fine. You could not get elected president as a tiny little dude. Who's the elfin little frollo from Ohio who kept running for president? Democrat? I think I, got him in my, I think I got him in my pocket right now. Oh, Kucinich. Yeah, yeah, yeah Dennis Kucinich. He would tower over James Madison. You, there's no way. You want to talk about bias or something that's unfair. Yeah. There's no way if you're if you're going to be a five four hundred pound dude, you could become president of the United States. Right, right. That's troubling, isn't it's it? It's weird. Huh? Can you imagine Trump making fun of that guy if you're running against him? I mean, because the president doesn't actually have to do anything physical. He doesn't fight our enemies. <laughs> He doesn't have to lift anything. He has people for that. He doesn't have to be able to reach anything. He has people for that. Right. Something's up high. The Constitution isn't too high for him to reach. Right. He doesn't have to physically <laughs> best Chuck Schumer. He just has to, you know, out yeah. to maneuver him. Five, four hundred pounds. That's a tiny little man. That's your presidential trivia. Who was our biggest president? Taft was our heaviest. Uh, 300 pounds. And Lincoln Tallest. Yep. Six, four. I think Taft, they had him at 312 or something like that. That's not a yeah, you know what that's disrespectful on President. Stan that's Michael. not a lot taller though. So we've had a number of presidents just in my lifetime that were six two six three in that mm-hmm. area. Yeah. So, but three hundred pounds is quite a bit heavier. It depends yes. on how heavy you believe Trump is. There's some broadcast reports that that think the numbers on his most recent physical are fudged. Right. Fudged. Because he's so tall and mm, fat, fudged. he could be right. He could be upper twos certainly. <laughs> Did you just say mm, fudge? Yes, I don't think he's as fat as you think he is. Okay, he, he's, uh, I look at him all the time. He's 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 fairly heavy set. You seen him in a golf shirt lately? He's just kind of heavy set. Okay, 
Why? Why are you? You're just you're just a never Trumper. Except you're going after his weight for some reason. I saw a picture of him at the omelet. Folks, I'm here to stand up for the man. He yes. looks more than kind of heavy set to me. I saw a picture of him in, in golf attire at, I believe it was the Mar-a-Lago, and I think their omelet bar, which I guess is a thing on, on oh, Sunday. Oh, yeah. God dang it, I'd go to the omelet bar right now. Yeah. Bartender, set me up! <laughs> I was shocked to see that the that this fancy golf private golf club had plastic squeeze ketchup bottles. I don't know why I was expecting something different. Obviously, that's see. A, that's good to me. Yeah, that's, the glass is pretentious. The 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 that's Trump for you. The plastic works. It's effective. It you know fortifies the border between me and not having ketchup. Glass ketchup that's bottles a are pretentious. Metaphor is terrible. <laughs> Where the oh. hell did that come from? <laughs> Stand up for you, Mister. An omelet bar. Hey, uh, can I buy you an omelet? I'd like to two fist omelets right now from the omelet bar. Got a wow. ham and cheese on this side. I got something else on this side. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, a little Denver omelet. Yeah. Uh, that's our. That's all the trivia you got? Okay. Well, I've got loads of it. Are you kidding? Um. So we're going to the Mars. We're going back to the moon. It was announced last week. I don't know if that's getting in the way of us going to Mars, because I, I would think there's only so many dollars. And no, no, no. That's 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 the leaping point for Mars. Yeah, because okay. you use so much fuel escaping the Earth's uh, gravity, Jack. It's a lot easier to leave from the moon. So that's okay. like, you know, you got to go to LAX and then to Salt Lake City. Um, <laughs> researchers are working with NASA to see if class clowns could help the team cohesion on the long space missions to Mars and, and being there. Uh, I've always hated the term class clown, but uh, rather than the cool personality that underpinned the right stuff in the Apollo, Apollo era, future astronauts may need to prove they have something very different. The silly stuff. An onboard comedian is a proven way to unite teams in stressful situations. That's not always true. This writing is making me angry. That's not always true. You got somebody always making jokes, and it's, you, you could very easily all want to kill him. No, they will kill him. They'll or shove her. him into the airlock and then out into space. Especially if it's like all the other people are trying to figure out, I don't know, how to grow food so we can eat. Right. What's gone wrong with the air filters? I'll tell you what. <laughs> Have you heard the one about... No, they would kill him. I think having a sense of humor... Is is valuable. Class um, if clowns. You, if you found, if you had some candidates who were completely humorless, I would say you boot them out. You like this sentence? Class clowns are people that have the ability to pull everyone together, bridge gaps when tensions appear, and really boost morale. That can be true. It cannot be. Have you ever been to a bit? You're probably going to have one today at work. You ever at a meeting where somebody keeps making jokes? And all it is doing is distracting from the meeting or making, making it, longer. it longer. Do you think they're helping with cohesion? And are you just throwing back your head in laughter at how funny they are? <laughs> I'm guessing not. So they're going to have to have an episode of Last Comic Standing or something to come up with somebody who's truly funny. These roles is the people that uh, do this sort of thing are usually informal. They emerge within a group. But the interesting thing is that you have to have the right combination in the group for it to work well. There, there's no doubt about that. God, and I'm not sure there's such a thing as being able to put together six, eight, ten people, how big, however big the team is, and be able to predict how well they're going to get along. Well, they'll probably have a bunch of personnel experts get together and have everybody do those 650 page or, or question uh, quizzes. What's it, what's the name for that? I don't know. People in the corporate world know, but those personality quizzes where you find out what uh, type you are and what subtype you are and what subtypes you work better with. My wife has gone through this stuff. 
And I'm sure they'll do all of that. I'm not sure. And then put together thing. Yeah, your Briggs Meyers stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure. I believe it's. And they'll put together a team of seven people based on that. Right. Then they'll all murder each other within (laughs) six weeks. Right. Because there's no such thing as being able to predict that. Well, yeah, but they're trying. Would be my guess. I've heard some people say it's uh, pretty effective, pretty handy. It it does help. I I don't know. I don't have first person knowledge. It's quite possible that a whole bunch of scientist types. Uh, geeky scientist types would get along better than if you threw a uh, a jokester into the mix. They might hate that. Hey, well, they, well they, we've committed. I'll tell you what we've done. We've committed our first murder on Mars. It's got our first crime on the planet <laughs> Mars. We murdered your class clown because he was driving us crazy. Right. So he's out there on that rock. I'd rather spend all day weeping every day than hear another word out of him. And we won't because we killed him. And- the, Houston, the, the type of comedy matters too, right? If you got like a John Mulaney type or a Seinfeld doing some observational sort of stuff, but if you got Don Rickles up there and he's just roasting everybody twenty four seven, right? That's not going to go over well. After a while, start to uh, leave some blisters. You how know about, what I'm saying? How about nonstop prop comedy? <laughs> grabbing the space helmet. Hey, it's a fishbowl. We <laughs> needed that duct tape, you idiot. How much cargo space did we devote to that to that fake payphone? <laughs> Hilarious. And the giant oversized hand. Hilarious. <laughs> oh, there you go. What is the deal with peeing in a tube? I hope that Mars mission happens in my lifetime, though. That would be fascinating to watch. Oh, absolutely. Capture the imagination. Probably inspire a, a generation of kids to look into science. Or be horrific. Well, you know, you never know. That's why it's brave and, and worth doing. There you go. More President's Day trivia. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.